0: In today's show, we take a look at the NBA trade deadline, all 15 Eastern Conference teams, some predictions, half baked, sure. And we talk about Kyrie Irving's trade demand. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, it's trade deadline. I did ask whether people wanted this. The overwhelming response was yes, but I will issue a level of caution. Don't get too carried away with it. I don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline. You don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Honestly, nobody does. We can talk about things that might happen, but I would very, very much caution about making significant fantasy basketball deadline stashes because in general, it doesn't work out. Now we are five days away. So the the cost to doing it is not particularly high. But if you start filling your roster with three, four stashes, hoping that things are going to work out, it it just isn't, right? It just isn't going to work out that way. And that's going to be especially um, uh, important when we talk about the Brooklyn Nets in today's show as well. So just really be cautious. My number one guy, I believe is Mark Williams. My number two guy, is Zach Collins, and my number three guy is KJ Martin in terms of stashes. So that I'll just put that out there right now. Now, things can change, but you've, what you've got to do is hold on to your ads next week, be nimble when information drops and when a trade actually happens, and be really cautious about what whether you're just projecting gigantic improvements on things, because a lot of the time, these things don't really work out that much. And what a great way to promo how good this show is going to be by telling you none of it matters. Because some of it will matter. The problem is we don't have any idea what will matter and when it's going to happen, anything like that. You're better to be quick to react versus trying to guess things that you are going to get wrong the vast, vast, like 95% of the time you are going to get it wrong. Now, all of that preamble's out of the way. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this is how I'm going to approach this. Just by looking at the 15 teams in the Eastern Conference, we'll start, we'll go alphabetically. Someone said, hey, you should switch up when you do the injury report show, start doing it the opposite way around. And you know what? I will. I just forgot to do it today. So I will start doing them, um, maybe reversing the order so we don't always hit Atlanta first and Washington last. But we're going to hit Atlanta first today and Washington last today as well. The Atlanta Hawks, who's the most likely to be dealt? It's, It's got to be John Collins. But again, the chances of this, we've heard it for years and years and years, are very, very low. And even if it happens, like, are we making any moves based on this? Almost definitely not. Who is trading for John Collins to put him into a number two offensive role? We've seen John Collins in that role. He was great. He was a top 20 fantasy player. We loved what he did. But the likelihood of this happening is pretty low. If the value of John Collins around the league was high, he wouldn't be playing for Atlanta. And if the value of John Collins in Atlanta was high, he wouldn't be on the trade block. I think that's the case with so many of these situations. And again, I should have mentioned this at the start of the show as well. One key thing in trades is we can say, well, who benefits if John Collins goes, right? We'll see. Well, his backup would get a role, but trades aren't player for nothing. You have to match salary. Sometimes it'll be a bunch of nothing salary in order to make up that difference. And those players have no impact whatsoever. But other times it'll be guys that come in and take some minutes and play some roles and impact things in a way where we look at it and it doesn't actually change that much. It's, you won't get any like trades of significant players where nothing comes back in return. And working out what that nothing is, is always the tough call. So I do think there is... You know, Collins is obviously available. We've seen that time and time again. He's available. Who are some names to watch? Like The guys that I would look for are players like AJ Griffin. I think that if... Yeah, there is a chance if Collins has traded, they would go full-time with Hunter at the four. It's, again, it always depends who comes back, but finding a capable starting power forward in the NBA is not an easy thing to do. It's not, there's just not that many good ones around. So I think they'd probably go Hunter at the four. That would mean more Bogdanovich at the three, would meaning more minutes for AJ Griffin, and probably more minutes for someone like Jalen Johnson in the backup situation. And it would you know, help. Oh, would it help a Kong with? Not that he'd play at the four, but I mean, you would get no Collins wouldn't play and Hunter wouldn't play any minutes at the five. So they'd be names to watch, names to be ready to have a look at. But if they were somehow Griffin and Jalen Johnson to play 30 minutes, would they be must roster players? Probably not. They'd sit on the fringes. And remember, if Collins is dealt with his $20 million a year contract, a fair chunk of salary has got to come back the other way around. So it's always, again, I'm going to be a downer on this because this is the reality of the trade deadline and the reality of the impact that a trade deadline has on fantasy basketball. It's fun to think about People make trades in fantasy basketball all the time because they just love pushing the trade button. And they think that the NBA is going to have a similar impact. But again, part of the success in fantasy basketball is understanding how it works and how you benefit rather than um, pie-in-the-sky thinking. And that's what I try to to preach a lot on this show. I hope I do anyway. Let's look at the Boston Celtics. Most likely to be traded. I haven't done this all season. Hands off my cock! The Italian cock. Danilo Gallinari. Yes, he plays for the Celtics. Well, he doesn't play. He's on their roster. Um, They're not trading any key piece on this team. Gallinari is someone who's just there, sitting there, not playing. They would have to give up assets to get get off of Gallinari because why would people want to trade for him uh, when he's not going to play? But I think he's probably the most likely to go. The other one to watch would be Peyton Pritchard, who I think is capable as an NBA backup point guard. Like if Peyton Pritchard went to Chicago, I reckon he'd be their starting point guard pretty comfortably but you know what you know is is a team going to try and invest in Pritchard to be a starter I don't know he'd be a name to watch he'd also be a name to watch if they decided to move on from Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon which let me state they are not doing but sometimes weird stuff happens but they are not doing that if Pritchard finds a rotation role then he's always someone to just keep an eye on he's had little flashes I don't think he's going to be a must-roster player really in most situations but it is just a name to watch. I don't think he's the most likely guy to be dealt, Peyton Pritchard, but I do think that he could be traded. He could find a rotation role. And he's just a name that we have to pay some attention because the back end of this roster, there's no one we care about, really. The other one I'd slightly look at is Grant Williams because, yes, his restricted free agency is coming up. They've been linked with Yucca Pertle. Why would bringing in Yucca Pertle make sense when there's Williams, Horford, and Rob Williams there already? Like Pertle comes into play 12 minutes a night? Like What would... Or does Grant Williams play 12 minutes a night? or does Grant Williams get traded? I don't know that's that that's yeah, we hear that noise about Purtle. What's the point of it when you've got Grant Williams there So I just I'd just be keeping somewhat of an eye on Grant Williams um to not to he's going to have big value really wherever he goes, but does he stay in does he stay in Boston? We'll see. today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. I wish that this sort of stuff existed when I was back working in a non-fantasy basketball sphere and had to do the hiring for the company that I worked at, like having this sort of ability rather than sift through resumes, that just honestly don't make any sense for what I'm hiring for, this would have been absolutely fantastic for me. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked That's linkedin.com slash locked to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So let's do it now. Let's talk Brooklyn Nets because the story came down today that Kyrie Irving has requested a trade. For some reason, I was up at like 5.30 this morning, scrolling on my phone, like one eye open. What am I doing? Go back to sleep, Josh. We'll get up in an hour, whatever. And then you see a notification from Shams. "This this This is a lie, surely. Like, is this a real account? Did I get pranked with something? But no, Kyrie Irving has requested a trade away from Brooklyn. There was talk of them trying to sort out an extension. Brooklyn basically said, bro, look, we're not extending you. Like, you are not to be trusted with any of this stuff, there's always some controversy going on um, and we are not extending you. So Kyrie is like, okay, well, you're not extending me, trade me somewhere else or else I'm leaving for free. And I feel like the Nets might be like, bet, like, do it. I I don't care. Leave. We we don't, if we actually want to, this is the part that's interesting, that Kyrie would be like, or the Nets would be like, bro, if we wanted you to stay next season, we would have offered you that extension. Yeah? So they'd be like, cool, play out the season. We'll see what happens. If you leave, you leave. We might facilitate a sign and trade, keep the salary slot open, help you out to get somewhere else who doesn't have the cap space. That That's where the power still remains in there. It's not like he can leave for nothing because his ability to go to other teams is limited due to salary cap rules. So he can still go somewhere, but if he wants to go somewhere and they have issues with salary cap, they can just facilitate sign and trades. And it doesn't even have to be for assets. It's just to keep themselves over the cap and a salary slot open. So some of it is like, well, they have to trade him now. Well, I don't know that they do. And we've already seen one All-NBA player request to trade in Brooklyn and still be playing for the Brooklyn Nets now. I guess the domino effect of this is, does this mean KD is getting traded? Because Woj is reporting now that teams are calling up and going, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm back Kyrie, but you, you guys want to trade KD? And that's what I'd be doing if I was an opposing GM. And then we've got the report that the Lakers, the Mavericks, and the Suns are looking at Kyrie. But let me just, again, state this now. I would not make any ad based on the rumor report not rumor, report that Kyrie has asked for a trade. What are you going to do? Are you going to add, again, if Kyrie is traded, somebody has to come back. If he goes to Phoenix, you know who probably has to come back? Chris Paul. If he goes to Dallas, the guy that probably has to come back, as well as other parts, is probably Spencer Dinwiddie. If he goes to the Lakers, you know who has to come back? <laughs> it's Russell Westbrook. of the brick going up. And if Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook or Spencer Dinwiddie come to the Nets... You know who takes Kyrie's role and usage? Well, it's Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul or Spencer Dinwiddie. So your ad of Seth Curry or your ad of Cam Thomas is going to be for nothing. That, again, trading Kyrie away, you are getting something back because you have to make up the salary. You have to. So... And right again, we see this and go, well, who's going to benefit? Well, look down the depth chart. It's Seth Curry. And then it is Cam Thomas. And Cam Thomas will get lots of shots. But Cam Thomas is such an incomplete NBA player that I just don't think a team's going to be like, all right, guys, Kyrie's gone. It's Cam time. Um, And again, somebody needs to come back. So we can watch them. I actually think they'd probably go with Sumner over Cam Thomas, to be honest. He's a more well-rounded player as a point guard versus Thomas. I know Thomas can get his shots up. Um, but I wouldn't be adding Seth Curry based on a Kyrie rumor. Seth Curry has some streaming value with KD out. We've seen that. Some games good, some games bad. In fact, as uh, Gattuso once said, Sometimes maybe may good, sometimes maybe may shit. But they're, they're names to watch. Curry, Sumner, Thomas. But the most important thing is going to be what happens if Kyrie is traded and who comes back. And then what the hell happens with Kevin Durant? Because they are all big questions. So, well, this is a huge story. It's an unexpected story, but it's with Kyrie. So nothing's ever unexpected with Kyrie. We don't know what's going to happen in the next five days. We, is, I still don't think that it's likely to happen. I, I, I don't. But if it does, what would likely happen, it would just be a change of assets and values would marginally move. And I don't think there'd necessarily be, be big waiver wire ads. There could be, but I wouldn't be making those ads now, sacrificing things to get those guys when I just don't think A, they're that good or B, the chances of it coming um, to fruition are, are still really low. But I love, I love your feedback. Please, if you are watching on the video, drop it in the comments. What, what, do you disagree? What are you doing in Brooklyn? Would you add Curry or Thomas or Sumner or Mills or Harris? Would you add any of them? Also, one quick thing, just don't be so fast to jump to weird conclusions. Like, okay, this is ground groundbreaking that's a bullshit term it's um an interesting breaking story very big news right but that happens and someone like, mess- like replies to my tweet going well i can't believe this Someone say, hey does this mean nick claxon's getting traded like stop jumping 15 steps in advance when we don't even know that the first step is anywhere close to being likely to happen right you twist yourself into too many knots trying to think well what about this 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 just let it happen just let it happen let it wash over you and react when it happens don't try and predict a million things because that just isn't the way stuff usually works. Charlotte. Um, most likely to be dealt. I think it's Kelly Oubre. I would love it to be the Cockroach Mason Plumley, but I think it's Kelly Oubre. He's obviously out with his hand issue. He's probably going to be back around the All-Star break. Um, I believe he's an unrestricted free agent after this season, so is the Cockroach Mason Plumley. I could throw Plumlee in there. I could throw Jalen McDaniels in there. I think Oubre is the most likely to be gone. Teams could fool themselves into thinking he's useful because he's a wing-sized player um, who can jack up shots, but obviously he's a black hole who can be overrated defensively because he gets steals. He would be, again, He's very much needs to be in a situation where he's given the ball a ton. That leads to absolutely no wins, but that is something that can he can have value through volume alone. Again, I don't really... If he stays in Charlotte, I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. Maybe there's some upside in holding him through the deadline, but I, given the organizational dysfunction consistently in Charlotte, the common sense move is to trade Mason Plumlee when you've got Mark Williams there. But the common sense thing would have been to play Mark Williams as the backup center to begin the year or to have a 27, 21-minute split, but none of that has happened ever. So we are watching Mark Williams. He still is my number one stash guy for the trade deadline. Because again... I still have to have a level of common sense. Like trading Plumlee makes sense. Sending him back to Denver to be Nikola Jokic's backup instead of DeAndre Jordan makes sense. Sending him to Dallas even to be Christian Wood's backup or pair with Christian Wood makes sense. Like all of these teams that need a capable backup center, which is exactly what Plumlee is, makes sense. Going back to Portland with Nurkic injured makes sense. And that would mean Williams would play 25 minutes minimum, I would say. Other guys to watch, Bryce McGowan's, Rogier could go, Haywood could go, McDaniels could go, Ubre could go. All of those are wing plays. Yes, other guys would come back, but we've seen a little bit of faith in McGowan's, definitely more than in Booknight, who is bad. McGowan's would be someone to watch. And then if, say, Oubre went or Haywood went and Jalen McDaniels could slot in as a 30-minute-a-night starter, I'd be interested in that. I'd also watch to see if McDaniels gets traded somewhere where he could play 30 minutes a night as a starter. He's a name to watch. He's very borderline at the moment, but they are just names to watch. For the Chicago Bulls, Who's the most likely to be dealt? I think it's probably the rabbit hunter. Quiet. I'm hunting Alex Caruso, because I don't think this team is going anywhere, but I haven't thought they've been going anywhere for a while. But my views of things are very different to of like, I don't view the team the same way, obviously, because I wouldn't have done the moves that he did. But this is a guy either who has value. Like, I would consider trading Vooch. I would consider trading Zach Levine. I honestly would consider trading DeMar DeRozan. All of that that is dependent on return because they are not going anywhere. They are not taking this team anyway. And Levine's knee is wrecked. DeRozan's old. Vooch is old. And a free agent coming up. So I always be looking to move those guys. But maybe you get some value out of Caruso here. Caruso, in a 28 minute a night role, is a must-roster player. I don't think he's going to a team and playing that role necessarily, but his absence would open up things for guys like Kobe White. Maybe there's something where they do actually trade two or three rotation pieces, and Dalen Terry, their first-round pick who literally never plays, could see some minutes. I don't think Terry is going to be a 12-team uh, or 14-team league option, but if they do decide that they need to blow it up, then we will get Terry minutes at some point, and that will make um, some sense for deeper leagues. And White's the other one, whether he gets dealt or not. He could find himself in a role where he plays 26 minutes a night, averages 15 points with three threes, and the team loses every game. I'd love to see what he could do if he went to San Antonio and played with Trey Jones dealing with a foot issue now. Like if if Kobe White went to San Antonio, I would add him in 12-team leagues. I don't think Kobe White's particularly good, but he can be on a bad team, a guy putting up big usage and big numbers. So that would be something that I would watch. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanJul, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner at Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanJul. And if you're new to FanJul, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. you get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. If we have a look at the odds over on there, any change? No. We have still got um, the Eagles at minus one and a half. What's this? Super Bowl flash boost. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts to throw four plus passing touchdowns combined, plus 120. Wow. That's good odds. It was minus 135 and they're flash boosted. I don't know if that's going to be there when you go there now, but that's interesting. So, go check it out. That's the sportsbook app is safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanjul.com/slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the Cavs. There's not a lot here that I look at. Do they need a wing in the worst way? What would be the most ideal sit- thing to me to happen is OG Ananobi lands on the Cavs. I almost have them Eastern Conference favorites. It's just not, got no way of happening. They've got no draft picks. They can't do it, right? They need someone like OG Ananobi. They just can't do it. I don't think. I think the guy that I would be looking to deal, who's probably the most likely to be dealt, is Lavert. Levert. Dracaris. He doesn't really make a ton of sense on this team. Rubio's getting healthier. Um, you've got other guys like Okoro who can step up. You can find dime-a-dozen type players available for cheap to fill that sort of role. Terrence Davis in Sacramento would be someone that you could fill that sort of a role. Um, Levert needs to be on a bad team playing 30-plus minutes, and in fantasy, you need to be able to deal with bad percentages. If he does go, it would open up minutes for the Discman, CeeDee Osmond, who's shown some flashes this season. Not consistently, though. And the other one to watch, I think, is Dean Wade. If they do lean into more of Dean Wade, if he can develop into a 25, 26-minute-a-night player, if he is the guy they want to lean into as their starting small forward, we all need to watch that and see how Osmond goes. And the the path for Wade and Osmond becoming better is the absence of Levert. But again, if you are trading Levert, it's probably to get someone to play over Osman and Wade. So not a lot there to look at. For the Detroit Pistons. Alec Burke. I do think he's the most likely to be dealt. I would throw Sadiq Bay pretty closely in on that as well. Um, I don't think that I think that I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how honestly, I don't know how Troy Weaver and Detroit values anything because every move they make, I go, huh. I probably would have done something different. That's, that's what makes it hard to evaluate them. Should Alec Burks be dealt? Yes. Should Alex Ber- Alec Burks be starting? No. But he is. So does that mean he gets traded? Should Boyan Bogdanovich be traded? Yes, but now the report is that they won't even trade him for an unprotected first-round pick. Like, do you know what you're doing, Troy Weaver? I honestly have doubts every time that I hear any report from this squad. If Burks gets traded, there's almost no way that I'd be caring about him in in fantasy leagues, in 12-team leagues. And even now, he's a tenuous 12-team league player. I don't think he holds this starting job, even if he stays. The names to watch would be Killian Hayes. If Burks goes and we get Hayes, which common sense would, yeah indicate he would move back to the starting lineup. Livers is interesting because his minutes are pushing up. Do they just fully invest in Isaiah Livers if Bogdanovich goes or if Bay goes? I don't think Livers is going to become a must-roster guy, but in 31 minutes a night, at least it becomes interesting. And there is part to that. Burks, Bay, Bogdanovich are your starting 2-3-4 at the moment. And if one of them goes or two of them goes, I feel really confident in saying Livers is going to be a starter. So he's a name to very much watch, but to care about, I'm not sure. The Indiana Pacers, most likely to be dealt... I think it's Chris Duarte. I don't think he's got particularly high value around the league. You know that I hated that pick when they made it. You know that I thought he was significantly overrated last season. Um, I thought that they would have... No, I thought... And part of this is what part of doing fantasy stuff is about. Like, I've got... I can have my evaluations of players, but I've got to also read the the minds of other teams. And I thought the fact that they drafted him and gave him minutes last season meant that they would value him highly this season and play him good minutes to start the year. But now they don't. Where does he fit? Well, he's like a... 22-minute-a-night bench player who I don't think would become a 12-team league guy really in any situation. He has flashes, but it's not consistent enough. And if he moves on, it just helps give a little bit of a boost to Nempard and a little bit of a boost to Matherin. Names to watch would be Nempard. We always want to watch Isaiah Jackson. Look, I don't think Turner's getting traded. I'd say there's almost no chance of that. I don't think Jackson's getting traded, but if I was opposing teams, I'd be looking into it. The way that they've used that backup center position is ridiculous all season. And Jackson, in 17 minutes a night, is actually 12-team useful. If he just if he got 20 a night, he is 12-team useful. And I don't know that that would happen anywhere, but if somehow they're able to pry him away, that would become a big W. I don't think he's a stash, but it would be a big W if someone could pry him away. The Miami Heat, most likely to be dealt. Double-cheeked up. On a Thursday afternoon. He's really bad at the moment. Like he just, he's old. And when someone is old and has knee problems and looks bad, you look at it and go, I don't think it's coming back. Shout out to Kemba Walker, who's not even as old as Kyle Lowry. But these things just, there, isn't, there is an age where things just falls apart. And Lowry is not the absolute elite of the elite where they can play through and defy age-related um, decline curves like LeBron or even Chris Paul to a degree. So, but who takes him? That's the thing. Like, to trade away Kyle Lowry, you probably need to attach assets to that. And I don't know how that works. Would he be someone they'd consider dealing for Kyrie Irving? Maybe. They'd have to give up other stuff to do it. And if Lowry does go, then Gabe Vincent is the ad. I think they feel sort of of decently comfortable with Gabe Vincent as an option. And you should feel comfortable if Vincent was to become a 30-minute starter, that he would be a 12-team league player. We can also watch Max Struce who get a, probably a couple of extra shots there. But again, trading away Kyle Lowry means that big salary needs to come back. And players who would probably be in the rotation would need to come back. Now, whether that would be fill their gaping hole with power forward, probably it should. Whether they do it or not, I've got no idea. But that is something that they can do. This is probably the most boring team in terms of fantasy. Who's the most likely to be traded on the Bucs? It's probably George Hill. It might be Wes Matthews. Maybe it's Mahjong Beauchamp. But I don't actually care for any situation. Like, who's coming in? Like, if Jay Crowder gets traded to Milwaukee, is he a 10-team or 12-team league guy? No, he's not. Because he plays behind Giannis. He plays behind Middleton. He probably plays behind Pat Connaughton, or at least equivalent to Pat Connaughton. And Crowder would need 35 minutes a night to even sniff a 12-team must-out, I think. And he wouldn't get that on this team. Especially when even when Portis comes back. Like, where is he getting those minutes? So while they're probably going to make a trade, Milwaukee, I don't think it's going to make any difference for fantasy at all. You could watch Beauchamp if someone like Hill is moved and or if Beauchamp has moved himself, but honestly, don't pay any attention to the Bucs, really, I don't think, for fantasy. The Knicks, who's the most likely to be dealt? I think it's Cam Reddish. And if Cam Reddish is dealt, then we've got to fill all of his minutes in the rotation, which is, is zero. So if Cam Reddish is dealt, nothing changes for the Knicks. Nothing. So players that came back probably wouldn't play. Reddish has had moments as a threes and... St- and steals type streamer. If he gets a large enough role, I don't think that he's a particularly good NBA player. And that's why he is on two separate teams now, not being able to find regular rotation minutes. But if he went to a bad team, the Spurs, and played 30 minutes a night, yeah, he would be a 12-team option. I do want to watch Hartenstein to see if they do anything there um, in terms of Mitchell Robinson's injury or if Hartenstein just gets more playing time. That's really irrespective of the trade deadline, but he's probably the name I want to watch. The next team. It's your Orlando Magic. 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 Who's the most likely to be dealt? It's probably Terrence Ross. It could be Mo Bumba. It could be Gary Harris. If I was them, I'd look into trading Cole Anthony. I think he's got some currency, but I don't think they will. Ross isn't even in the rotation at the moment. Shout out to trade showcasing. What could they get back? Probably not a lot, but I think he's probably the most likely to be dealt. And again, he's playing zero minutes. So anyone coming back there would have to p- take his zero minutes out of the rotation. And with Suggs and Anthony and Fultz and Harris and Wagner and Barquiro, like there's not playing time for too many guys. They've got a solid enough core and the moves that they make, it would have to require a couple of guys being dealt. Maybe it's uh, uh, RJ Anthony doesn't play that. Maybe it's Gary Harris or Anthony that getting traded would need to happen to open some stuff up. But there's nothing really to look at there. I do want to watch Jalen Suggs. I don't know how a Suggs Fultz 30-minute a piece backcourt combination works. Suggs was really strong last time we saw the Magic, but I don't really. It's going to take a Harris trade to get Suggs to be interesting for me from a 12-team perspective. For the Sixers, most likely to be traded, it's probably Matisse leibel and I honestly don't care from a Sixers point of view. Now, if Thibault goes to a team and they play him 25 minutes a night, then you know what? Yes, he is a 12-team ad because you'll get two steals and 1.3 blocks. And that's exactly what people are holding on to Jonathan Isaac for. I don't think, again, don't stash Matisse Thibault because his offense is just so, so bad that I don't know what team would want him to play 25 minutes when he can be played off the court so simply. But he would be a name to watch, and that would mean a couple of extra minutes for someone like Sheikh Milton in the backcourt there, or on the wing for the Sixers. Uh, It might mean more for Corkmars, or it could mean a better player coming back, limiting those guys. The other one I want to watch is Paul Reed, because Montrezl Harrell's not it; he's not the answer. Will they ever? Will Doc Rivers ever make the call to put Reed over Harold? Probably not. Even though he should, could a team acquire Paul Reed? because the Sixers don't seem to, or well, Doc Rivers doesn't value him and put Reed into a 16-minute-a-night role, which would be at least 16-team league valuable, maybe 14-team. That's what I want to watch. For the Raptors, who is the most likely to be traded? It feels like there's just too much noise that it is OG Ananobi. But what about Scar? stop once. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Now again, if I was Masai Ujiri, I'd be a lot richer. If I was Masai Ujiri or Bobby Webster, I probably wouldn't be looking to trade OG. I think he's extraordinarily valuable i I'd, I'd, yeah, Would I trade Pascal Siakam? Probably. I'd consider it. Would I trade Gary Trent? Yeah. Would I trade Van Vliet? Maybe. But the, again, the problem with this roster is the most tradable play is Gary Trent. The things that you need to bring back in a trade to improve this team are shooting. And that's exactly what Trent does. So you'd be losing your... Uh, you're one of your only shooters to replace him with another shooter to leave you at a net situation of being exactly the same as where you are. Whereas with Adenobi, you do have duplication. You've got Barnes, you've got Siakam. Maybe then they obviously don't value OG quite as highly as those two guys. So if you can get good value, like OG will be awesome on almost any team. Um, what we want to do here is Precious Achua. That's the stash option. But again, if it's OG Ananobi and Jakub Pertels the guy coming back, well, Achua gets squished because Pertels the guy that steps in and starts and Precious plays 21 minutes coming off the bench and doesn't do anything for 12 team leagues. So we're held Precious for now, but OG, again, if OG is traded, somebody is coming back whether that's a player for now or they're getting draft picks and salary filler, that's the big question mark. Yeah, we do have to watch Trent. We do have to watch Ananobi. We do have to watch Siakam. We have to watch Achua. Boucher, maybe, but I I don't trust that at all. Could they give more minutes to Malachi Flynn? All history would suggest absolutely not. But maybe if Trent goes and they don't bring another guard back, like there's just so many question marks with this team that someone asked me on a live stream, like, how would you fix them? And I don't think it's fixable in the trade deadline. There's just too many weird things with the way the roster's set up that you need multiple moves to actually get anything back. And you're probably better off taking steps backwards to try and get forwards in a couple of years. The Washington Wizards had a real hard time finding who the most likely to be traded was on this team. No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will! Give it off quick! Yes, Kyle Kuzma's an unrestricted free agent. Christos Porzingis can be an unrestricted free agent. There's a chance that those guys leave. But this is the Wizards. They'll sit, no, no, we'll actually, we'll max both of them. We'll give them no trade clauses. We are confident they're going to stick and we'll give them big money because the Wizards don't really know what they're doing. So again, would I trade Kyle Kuzma because he seems slightly overvalued and his contract is going to end up looking pretty bad? I'd, I'd definitely consider that. But I'm not the Wizards. So I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they'll trade Porzingis. I think they'll try and do something to make themselves marginally better this season, and maybe that means Barton, who's not in the rotation, and the name to watch. Maybe it's Kendrick Nunn. I, I just couldn't be less interested in this team from a trade deadline perspective. I don't think anything big's going to happen, even though they should be looking at Beal and Cruz, Rambozingers, and trying to actually build a proper squad. But they won't do that, so I'm not really confident of anything massive changing there. Like maybe I could watch Cordy Kispert. Obviously, we're already watching Avdia and Gafford now to see how that all plays out with Rui gone. But I don't think there's anything major more coming after that. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. And leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.